I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man! Right, lad, it's time to man up. Yeah. Come on. Take your boys to a little corner and teach them how to cry all I don't day. Think that's what What is masculinity? What's happening? How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. Spank holiday. Bit more chilled. Yes. Uh, might go for a run in the sun later. I've had a destroyed groin for several weeks, which has been sad. How's the groin doing? The groin's all right. How do you... Is it just rest? Do you have to sit there with, like, ice? Ice in your groin? I've not iced it. Uh, I probably should have had some more baths and did a bit of hot and cold. But the physio just said, you just have to like exercise like squeezing your thighs together. And it really bloody hurts. So now I go to the gym. I, you know, those like the groin like exercise machines. Yes. I like, and I put it on the lightest weight and I just like sit there on my phone in agony. <laughs> squeezing like five, a five kilo weight with my dodgy thigh. I just must, must look like such a sorry sight. Oh. oh, weird that you're on your phone. Because if you're in pain, then do you not need to just concentrate? Do you not need to put your head in the right frame of mind? Not like I don't know, playing like Flappy Bird or like Angry Bird. I mean, yeah, Candy Crush and Cry. Aye. Um, I just, uh. It's not it's not hard per se. It's like a really easy exercise that just hurts a lot. Right. Okay. Like it's cuz it's more like a rehab thing than like you know if I was like squatting 100 kg or something and I was like watching a YouTube video then that's like not getting in the zone. No. No. But, um, Depends what you're watching. Yeah, I know. Charlie bit my finger. Yes. Oh, that's funny though. Charlie squatted 100 kilos. <laughs> oh the other thing I was going to tell you mm -hmm. is the other night it was, it was quite like a masculinity related thing in some ways but it's also like a funny story yeah because uh, we can drink inside in London now that's a fun update but um, went to the pub Friday before last and we were sat inside and it was quite loud and I was on like a table of four and my two mates were facing me and then someone like added a fifth seat on the end and then there was someone next to me. And from my point of view, to the left diagonally behind our table, I could see two men having a very deep conversation. And one man was like very visibly in tears. Um, oh. he, he actually had his back to me, but I could tell like, he was crying by the way he's like had his head down yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And the guy from across the table was like occasionally holding his hand and like looking very earnest and sympathetic and all the rest of it. Mm. But I couldn't hear a single thing because it was so loud. And my friend has since said that he's convinced they were going through a breakup. But I didn't immediately get like couple vibes. Uh -huh. um, and I don't know if it's me just being like romantic about like seeing... Uh, more like straight acting men just like be vulnerable in public it's like something i wanted to see 
because I was like, oh, it's great that that man feels like he can like cry in a pub uh-huh. on Friday night. Yeah. Because you don't actually see that that much. Um. Anyway, no idea what was going on. So there was a discussion about whether it was like someone opening up about some kind of trauma or really sad thing or whether it was just a breakup and the person who was doing the breaking up was just being very comforting. But I knew what was going on the whole time. But my mate turned up or my mate was quite drunk later. And he was like, oh, yeah, London's opening up again. I need to get back on the dating scene. I want some new pictures for my Tinder profile, uh, but I need to look like I've got mates. So like, why don't we get some pictures whilst we're in the pub right now? Yeah. And he just like turns around having not seen any of what was going on behind him the whole time. And he's like, excuse me, can you take a photo oh, of us, please? No. And the, the, the guy who wasn't crying was like, no. And he's like, what? Why? I just want to have a nice time with my mates. And I was just like, yeah, you need to uh, oh. take yourself out of that situation now. And then the guy who was not crying and who had said no kind of like looked at me in acknowledgement and thanks. And I was just like, yeah, let, let's turn around and, and leave them to it. Um, oh, no. So it was funny because it was like a really like obnoxious, awful thing to do. But he genuinely had no idea because it's not like I was going to be like, oh, there's a guy crying over there. Let's all look at him. Yeah, and I, I and I didn't know my friend was going to turn around and ask for a photo, but it was like so cringe when it did happen. Oh, that's cringe, man! Oh my god. Uh, Derek actually said, "What if that was just their like frame of reference for a great time? <laughs> <laughs> that they were just like inherently miserable people?" And then he said, "No, because he was like, can't you see we're just having a wonderful time? You've interrupted this beautiful <laughs> evening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Just pure misery is their idea of beauty." <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, anyway I hope whatever happened wasn't was resolved in some way yeah got much to report on yeah I got some I got some good news today I got go I got a negative test result mm, go on it was uh, for chlamydia and gonorrhea oh lovely yeah man I, I, I wanted to do a wee a wee send away test it's been a while cool, since cool. I had a checkup. Yeah, do you know what? It's been on the back of my mind too. Just do it, you man. Might pro- you might have prompted me. Just do it. It's because you. I mean, you meant to. You recommended to do it like every six months or every time you change partner. You probably, mm. which is good. You should do that. But um, so I knew yeah. I knew I was meant to do it. Um, haven't done one in a while. I was like, let's just let's just do it. Um, so I got I got one to send away for. Also, cool. yeah, I'm terrified of super gonorrhea. Is that just really nasty, bad gonorrhea that never goes away? It's I. Uh, it's really unresponsive to uh, what's it Treatment. called? Uh, antibiotics. Antibiotics. Thank you. Yeah, it's really um, resistant to them. So, like, I don't know. It's, I just wanted to make sure I didn't. I didn't have that, uh, and Definitely. I don't. So cool. get Lovely in. Way. So it's a good weekend. Yeah. And then I was thinking about um, if you two, the band, ever went yeah. on tour with Chris Ria. They could call it the Bonaria tour. <laughs> which, I thought, which I like. When you were reaching for on. your glass, then I thought you were like going for your pen, like zinger executed. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we uh, go for a wee wee then get on with it? That sounds like a plan. What is masculinity? Welcome to the Anti-Mask Podcast, where we make compassionate critiques of masculinities in the 21st century. Uh, I'm here, as always, with Alistair Wrinkles and 
today we're going to talk about chivalry, which should be a nice long discussion because there's a lot to unpack. Uh, try not to get too much on our high horses. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think we wanted to look at this because it's quite a tricky term and I think it's something that like is not a, a, a good thing from a sort of feminist point of view but I'm very sympathetic of why a lot of men misunderstand it as a good thing because basically it's just often confused with being nice um, hmm. but yeah how do you want to kick this off yeah um, well I think it's I think it's nice that you from the off were like you don't think it's like a great thing from a feminist point of view. Um, I'm pretty on the fence about it still. Um, mm-hmm. Because it is quite nuanced. Which, yeah. which I mean, which hopefully we'll, we'll get into. But um, I was doing, I mean, I was doing a wee bit of, of research about it. And it comes from the, the word chivalry comes from the fact that, you know how like, knights are like chivalric what's yeah, because yeah, yeah. they used to carry massive shivs that's where it came what from a shivs a shiv what's a shiv a shiv's like a it's yeah. a shiv's like a um or like a chib you know what i mean yeah like a like a improvised knife have you never heard that oh, it's like in it's like no, um never. it's like in prisons when they would make a knife out of a Make a shiv out of a sharpened bit of tooth, metal toothbrush, or wire or something. Yeah, yeah. Or like a knitting needle. Oh. Yeah, that's actually not where it comes from. That was meant to be a joke, thought, but you've never heard what, oh, what a I've shiv seen. is. So, no, I had no idea. Where it does, <laughs> where it does it come from? French for horse. Thank you. It does. Yeah. <laughs> We've. Uh... Sorry, that was just the most humorous thing I've ever done. I don't get it, but here's some linguistics. <laughs> Wow, you've absolutely taken me down a peg. Um, Christ. All right, good. St- I'm trying to set up two comedy nights at the moment, and I'm just killing jokes <laughs> left, right, and centre. Yeah. So anyway. it comes from horse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole night business. Um, and I, I thought it was a thing, um, or I thought there was a period in history where. It was a proper sort of code that was adhered to, but it seems yeah. it seems as if it was always led. It was always <laughs> it was always legendary. It was always like a like no matter what point in history you are, it's kind of always used as a poetical device, sort of. Um, sure. And that no matter at what point in history you are, the. Um, say the, the the source text is always like kind of imagining a previous age, a previous right. era where where people were were chivalrous and that sort of thing. That's really interesting. I we'll get onto it later, but I feel like that still happens. Yeah, 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 definitely. I okay. There's, so... I mean, there's something like in, in, enduring about it. Um, the image of of the, the the knight in shining armor, the chivalric yeah. knight, the ideal. I mean, because it's like stood the test of time, hasn't it? You know. Yeah. There's something appealing about it. Um, but 
I think it's just bollocks, you know? It's just a, <laughs> just, a just, just a story, just a, just a legend. Oh, sorry, Carol, I've just gone off in the street. Don't know if you're getting it through. Yeah, we're hearing that. Oh, it's gone. All right. Has it gone? Yeah, it stopped now. Hey. Right. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. Uh, that's something we haven't spoken about much on the podcast yet, is sort of like imagined histories. Mm. Mm-hmm. And kind of like stories and narratives that are important because they affect how society thinks, but might have just come out of bloody thin air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but it's funny because the, the chivalry one is so enduring, isn't it? Um, I guess. Go on. I guess it could be because it conveniently paints like male power as like virtuous. I mean that's definitely an aspect of it, yeah. 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 Um but well yeah, I think that's a good thing. Um or that's good that's good from a male point of view because mm. uh you're it's, it's almost like inherently giving you a bestowing a virtue upon you just by the fact yeah. that you're a man, big strong man. Where and also from like uh a female point of view, it's nice to imagine that men are virtuous and not yeah, dangerous. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see why it would why it appeals to 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 both sides. But um, we should, I mean we should probably just like clarify what was what was meant by chivalry historically, and sure. and and maybe a kind of how how we think of it now, um, contem- contemporarily. Go on, give us give us a. Uh... A historic understanding then of it. Well, there's just like some. I mean, it is quite fluid as well. Um, yeah. There was never like a hard and fast like Ten Commandments um, sure. carved into a horse. Um, yeah. There was never any of that. But you know, loyalty is a big one. Is a big trait. Mm-hmm. Self restraint and forbearance is a big one. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like self denial almost. Um, yeah. Patience. Um, Physical strength, physical prowess, is 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 was one of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, generosity is a big one as well, and like abhorrence mm-hmm. of greed, and like oh, abhorrence of greed. Yeah, and uh, and tied up in that is also like that being a sort of. Uh, I was gonna say ambassador for the like notion of honor. Maybe ambassador is not the right word. Like a kind of proponent of honor. Uh, uh, yeah. What am I trying to say? Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, just like a, a model. Aye. Uh, or or like a hallmark. Yeah. I see yeah, you mean. yeah. I mean, to be honest, that's a little bit of a can of worms as well because honor is like its own sort of hard to define yeah. sort of thing. But but people have a sense of what that means, and to be honest, that's all you really need. Um, Got you. So it's interesting. Gone. No, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. How they're like. So I'm thinking two things. One, how like universal they can sound, but it's very much like a Western thing. Uh, which is something I want to get onto from something I read, but also everything you've just described sounds like in whatever imagined era all of these like chivalric codes existed that it was maybe like it's still gendered as in like all about men and men being like um 
exemplary, honourable, virtuous people, but with that like strength and control, but that it wasn't just about the relationship of man and woman. Yeah. That it was like much more about or like men and knights and and people in like martial settings spend a lot of time with each other and there's a lot of loyalty and honour that needs to be expressed between men. Hmm. Hmm. Whereas if we're talking about it now, I don't think anyone really uses the word chivalry to explain like some kind of loyal fraternal relationship. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think honour does play a big part in um, certain masculine relationships. Um, Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, definitely. I think especially in like kind of big groups of men where that have you know, sort of been sort of left behind by society or like people that don't get a, like a lot of kind of their, their self-worth from their social standing in like a wider sense. But mm-hmm. and a lot of that social, a lot of that social worth comes from like relationships or positions in, in smaller communities, like where honour plays like a big part in that sort of like, sure. I mean, like, or sort of, sort of like, like organized crime gangs and like like mm-hmm. that sort of thing where um like because you up op- because you operate outside of a traditional like lawful society there ha- there has to be some code of conduct right or else it'd be chaos got you but yeah. but these are these are pretty high functioning communities and society mm. little societies of their own and I think yeah. honor plays a big part in that in that, that that's, a, that's a, a strong code and because that's really- yeah. I because like that sort of where your position in that hierarchy is because your position in that hierarchy is fixed by this idea of honor. It, um, when someone insults your honor, um, you, you need to kind of react and retaliate. Um, Got you because you're because you're because if your position in the hierarchy is is dependent on something so fragile as as the concept of honor if someone like makes a mum joke to you then you need to respond because it's like insulting your honor do you know what i mean yeah that's really interesting and i I love the fact that you said like our honor in itself is a whole can of worms earlier on and it's also like hugely culturally shaped and i hadn't thought of that distinction between like more like rule of law based societies or communities and like those outside of an established or like dominant rule of law. But that's definitely a thing because I was going to make the example of um, the phrase of like honor killings that you get in like South Asia and um, like uh, often Islamic communities. And I didn't want to just make that example because then it's like, oh, you know, they do it in that culture, but it's not something that would happen in like white Western cultures or whatever. But then uh, like organized crime is such a brilliant example. It it makes me think of like um, particularly mafia groups in Italy Mm. and then also like Italian Americans in the US. Um, And I'm not saying they're necessarily all involved with organized crime, but like traveler communities as well. Yeah. Yeah. where like fighting is such a way of establishing hierarchies within like male male communities amongst travelers and so on. Um, I suppose what I'm getting from that is that as much as honor sounds like a 
good thing. Well, first of all, it's hugely, you know, in the way that like any group's morality is not necessarily ultimately moral. What do you mean? So like, if you've got a country that's got the death penalty, yeah, and they're like, well, we're doing that based on, we're deciding to kill people based on a judgment of our standards of morality. And then another culture comes along and says, we actually just don't think you should take anyone's life away. Mm -hmm. Then it shows how, like moral relativism. Aye. Okay, sure. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh But that, when, when like the idea of honor comes into it, I feel like the way it's preserved from what I'm thinking about all these cases is that it's only preserved by someone else bearing the brunt of violence. So if you're talking about an honour killing, then, like, a woman's going to be killed against her will for something that probably, you know, by, like, some other community standards isn't necessarily a shameful thing and and shouldn't be a shameful thing. And equally, if you're talking about, like, organised crime groups, the the kind of respect that they demand is acquired through a violence that maybe other parts of societies would look down on. Hmm. Yeah. So often, like, if if honour has been insulted, then the natural and common retali- or yeah response is some sort of violence. Hmm. Um, yeah. Which ultimately is never good. Yeah. An- another thing that springs to mind is I don't really know how it plays into it it's not necessarily to do with chivalry but it it does have something to do with like an economy of gender and stuff is that in maybe less and less now because they're really like trying to work or claim to be working at a rule of law in China and like really applying the rule based on how it is encoded but you know people outside would say no, just what what the party says goes. But because there's generally been a lack of rule of law for decades during the communist era and since the economy's become more capitalist in like the past 40 years, um, a lot of businessmen, when like making a deal, because they don't really have any legal backing if someone like fucks them over and scams them or whatever will often go to karaoke bars with um, escorts and prostitutes. And basically, like, two businessmen would effectively have to sleep with prostitutes in each other's presence or, like, in the room next door in some kind of escort bar so that they've got, like, mutual shit on each other. Wow. That they can blackmail the other party with. What? So it's like a, it's like a contract. What? through extramarital affairs if that makes sense what i know is that what is that true like, this is how it's been this is how it's been theorized right oh my god but like it, it's it's like a regular enough occurrence for it to be a trend and it actually to be like some kind of implied contract between wow. two people they both got compromat like, yeah 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 literally because it's literally like well, I can't take you to court if you fuck me over, but I can ruin your family life because I've got this evidence that you like slept with a prostitute and your wife would leave you and you'd be socially disgraced and all the rest of it. Wow. 
Um, but again, it shows the like the th- the threat, not necessarily violence in that sense. Obviously, you know, you don't know about violence towards the sex workers, but like within the context of those two men, the the threat involved with preserving preserving reputation and also like doing successful business or what they perceive to be as something that is pursuing success. Jeez, oh man. I know. That's wild business finds a way, doesn't it? That's that's <laughs> your free market capitalism, yeah. Yeah. Um wow. That's wild. Imagine if you had to do that every time you wanted like You wanted to like make a big deal. Yeah, or even just a little deal. Like <laughs> like I'm getting so, I've got some roofers fixing my roof and like you know, tradesmen are not yeah, you know the you know the stereotype, like Yeah. It's hard to trust them because everyone's got a t- everyone's got a bad story, but what we could have done was both paid for sex, yeah, yeah, and filmed each other, yeah, and then been like, right, this is getting leaked unless uh, <laughs> we 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 agree on a price, yeah, yeah, that's wild, that's wild, it man, is. but it's also fascinating, yeah, 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 yeah it is. Uh, anyway, we've straight off straight off chivalry a bit, but yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't even like considered the concept of honor and how much it's tied in with it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to think about how that like applies to honor in more modern contexts. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. You You basically gave a definition of, chivalry from this like imagined back in the day scenario Mm -hmm. and a lot of it's based on honor so then how are we going to go about describing it in like 2021 britain well i think a lot of those things remain um but um i mean what did we say loyalty um generosity um strength like resilience or like self-sacrifice sort of things yeah a lot of those things those concepts remain like in terms of like generosity i mean maybe this is tied in with um like buying dinner for a woman because she's a woman um and you're the man and that's just how it is and that's chivalrous like that's maybe a sort of like generosity or a way of um viewing a modern or a contemporary chivalric act mm. yeah, um, yeah yeah but yeah so and and you know like self-restraint and forbearance that sort of thing would be you know the jack take give give your your woman your jacket if she's cold even if you're a bit cold because yeah. you know it's all about self-denial sort of thing. Mm. Um so I don't think necessarily the definitions have changed that much, but the actions are different, you know. Um you wouldn't be giving your woman um the pigeon that you just shot with a bow and arrow. That's true. You'd be giving her yeah. the you'd just be buying a steak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you did did not slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, 
Go, Go on. on, please. Do you think self denial there? Lovely, love it. Thanks, my, my <laughs> shining armor. Um, do you think it is? I mean, maybe it never was a code. We've established, or, or like it is a was a code, but not a code that was ever actually put into practice. But that it's more based on actions now. That like you would you would rarely describe someone as chivalrous, but we talk about acts of chivalry. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of the traits or a lot of chivalrous traits or chivalrous yeah chivalric traits um are tied in with the idea of being a gentleman gentlemanliness like mm. duty and and in, like a sense of impartiality and a sense of self-restraint um and well i, I being gentle, a sense of being a gentleman, you know, like not um, be yeah, being um, cognizant of the weak is a chivalric thing, right? Being a gentleman to Got, like, yeah. to be a bit more literal about it, but so I think that that might be something that that people think about contemporarily. I can I mean I can imagine that there's plenty of men who who try and be a gentleman, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and people still want that. Yeah. People talk about, like, love, love a gentleman. Yeah. I think people also still talk about a knight in shining armour. Um, I don't think they necessarily say, I want my chivalrous man, but they would talk about a gentleman or a knight in shining armour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... It's interesting you like we're picking apart the the fact that gentleman is gentleman and you know I don't know where that came from but you can understand how it came about like that but I think it's kind of ironic in the sense that to be a gentleman and like recognize the weak like you say in itself is like an exercise of power Mm-hmm. Or rather, it's based on the assumption that the gentleman remains the figure in power. It's still very, like, paternalistic. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's it's hard to think of a, a gentleman as the one being sort of talked down to, right? Exactly, yeah. So then... Obviously, we're just like playing with definitions here and getting very analytical about a word. Yeah, yeah. But, but are you ultimately gentle if you're like upholding like a, a sort of gender imbalance where the man ultimately has control? Yeah. Even if it's th- that's not exercised through like direct violence, that control's still there, right? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I was thinking about I was thinking about that and how um chivalric acts um are they're just kinda nice and they like help the weak but what they what they do is they're almost like applying a soothing balm to <laughs> Yeah, go on. To, applying a soothing balm to the third degree burn of 
systemic oppression. Um, <laughs> they're not really. Yeah. Actually, maybe that's not a great analogy. No, no, I think I think you're right. It's like uh, treating the symptom, not the cause. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly, yeah. exactly. Rub, rubbing cocoa butter on on the rash of structural oppression. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on um, the flaky skin. Aye, <laughs> um, but I see. I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So we've spoken a lot about chivalry and what we think it means. Yeah, but I think it would be good to to actually talk about why why is it why is it a contentious issue because for plenty of people it's not it's great that's true for plenty of people it's, Bo- it's both great. men and women yeah exactly well, yeah well it's like oh god the bloody woke brigade are gonna take our chivalry from us what's going on yeah. do you know what i mean so yeah. um so what is it why why are the woke brigade coming for chivalry one of the main things that we should probably unpack is this idea of benevolent sexism. Okay. Have you heard that term? Like No, I haven't. I I feel like I can imagine what it is, but go on. Yeah. It's it's just the idea that like that um if you view you can view sexist acts or like patriarchal oppression as sort of a pyramid of behaviours. And at the top is sort of um, like femicide and and um, domestic domestic violence. violence thank you, assault. Yeah, 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 yeah. But towards the bottom is just like sort of everyday sexism, stuff yeah. like that, and that all kind of contributes in different degrees. Mm. Um. So, but it, so chivalry is sort of the thin end of the wedge, right? Got you. Um, Got you. And because it can be framed as something quote-unquote benevolent yeah 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 and so there's this idea that what you do is you're sort of objectifying women whenever you do a chivalric act or you think of yourself as being a chivalrous man um and that can sort of create a distance between between men and women and and it's a way of practicing seeing women as so different from men that ultimately it's not unreasonable to think of them as property, right? That's the yeah. way this that's the way that kind of really terrible thinking can like worm its way in. Um and like it's a way of sort of putting women on a pedestal. So it teaches yeah, it teaches teaches young impressionable minds to think of men and women as different and to behave differently around them. Um, from like the get go, so that's one. That's kind of one of the main reasons that, or that's a few reasons that. Sure. That chivalry is sort of contentious at the moment, or that's or that it's being thought about and sort of being examined, rather but, than yeah. just accepted. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people don't examine it, uh, which is sad to see. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a criticism because it's so normalized and still expected in some parts of society. But I feel like I've had misunderstandings about the word chivalry with 
like women I've been seeing as well. And then you you also if if there's like a mismatch in expectations of how you should behave, first of all that causes problems anyway, whether it's, you know, about societal structures or not. But um it's quite hard to get across the point without either one taking away acts of kindness or two getting all mansplainy yeah about why you don't want to do certain things in certain contexts if you see what i mean such as splitting the bill or opening a door or something yeah but also i think i think when you when i've tried to bring it up if it's someone who has not like interrogated the idea of chivalry and it's just like, oh, that is men doing nice things for me. I don't want to say I, because I consider myself like a progressive man who's trying to challenge sexism, I am not going to do nice things for you <laughs> because that's probably sexist in itself. <laughs> just just yeah. explicitly not doing nice things for women. <laughs> that doesn't sound yeah. great. Like I'm not gonna be like structurally violent. I'm not gonna Yeah, you know, gonna take away all your freedoms, but like I'm I'm just not gonna cook for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Open your own door. Open the door for me, <laughs> So exactly, yeah, exactly. So it's really hard to communicate that because it's like, of course I'd open a door for you, but like I've got to read a situation to see where it's like just necessary and appropriate rather, you know, when someone like legs it ahead to like open the door for a woman or something. And that's cringe. I'd say if they're in a relationship and even weirder, if it's a stranger, um, but yeah, it's quite it's quite a tough thing to communicate. And then I think from like a man's perspective, all of us if if you've been like brought up with that idea, like you were saying, that it it, it influences very impressionable people's ideas early on about gender and making such a like distinct binary between men and women and how men have to kind of just like help women up in yeah. all sorts of situations in life. Then, as a man, if you've been brought up like that, you just you, you can see how your world would crumble if it's challenged, because even if you acknowledged why all the things you've been told are kind of problematic, because it like isn't giving complete freedom or like humanity to women, you might still just be like, "Oh fuck!" Well, then how do I be nice? Yeah, and imagine how much of a scary question that is, because. There's so many people who can be like, well, I would say all men, like sexist in some way and because it, it, it's ingrained into you because it's a social thing. But you could still have what you see as like to be good principles about being nice. Hmm. But then when it's challenged structurally, you might have a bit of a breakdown because you're like, well, I still want to be a nice person. Hmm. But how do I do that? Hmm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I can see that. It's like a some people. Yeah, you can see it as like a code. A, well, I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? The chivalric code. It's it is quite a useful sort of shorthand of how to be nice, how to be a good person. Is to do these little things, these these little kind acts, mm. you know. Or what are perceived to be kind. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they usually well, then, they usually come from like a place of kindness. Sure. Yeah. So then just off the top of our heads, what, what do we think are ways of doing acts of kindness that are as unchivalrous as possible? They are unchivalrous as possible. Yeah. Kindness that's unchivalrous. Mm. Um, See, we're here picking it apart. Here we go, man. Like, yeah. Oh, fuck, how do we do this? Oh, what to... Right, right. Right, I'll give you a scenario. I've got, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Go on. Um, if you know that you and your partner are going to go to a specific building later on that day, mm. go down to the hardware shop, get a, get a fucking bucket load of door wedges and just wedge, Go and then go to that <laughs> building. <laughs> wedge all the doors open and then you don't need to like, you don't, it's not even a problem, but it's... Yeah, but go on. What, if it's, what if it's middle of winter and it just like ruins all the heating <laughs> and it's a poorly insulated building already? You're just letting like a two degree draft through. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about winter. Then, then, then do you give them your jacket? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's tricky. Okay. Uh, so, I've got an example. Okay. Um. So, like splitting the bill, right? Yeah. I feel like. So I'm stingy. I mean, I don't earn loads. Mm. So not only am I stingy, I'm just being practical about what I earn. I'm just being like, fiscally if, responsive, darling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm just, <laughs> you know, the economy starts from the home. <laughs> sure. I, uh, if you're on a date, I would, I would ask to split the bill. I'd be like, should we split the bill? Mm-hmm. And probably... If a woman responded, no, I want you to pay mm-hmm. without me asking, without me offering to pay after. Because my pitch would be, do you want to split the bill? If I've got the money, I'd be like, I'm happy to cover it. Mm. But uh, I'm not going to do that. No, no, I insist kind of thing. Right. Then it's just like actually like quite forcefully not letting someone make a choice about how they're spending their money or what money's being spent on them. Mm. And I think that's so if so, so if I was just like, oh, you know, so like I've been paid for this big freelance job recently, which I have, you know that. So I've got some cash to splash. So I would say, I don't normally do this, but I could pay if you want me to. And they said no, I'd be like, great, let's split the bill. Which is actually what I want to do anyway, because it saves me money. But I've made the offer. You've made clear that you want your own like independence over what what you're like purchasing and consuming. Everybody's happy. I think if you insist, it's actually like a kind of violence, not like a physical violence, obviously, but or like a restrict. It's a restriction, right? It's like no, I'm not not actually going to let you make the choice over how money is being spent here. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that you have, like, indebted someone against your will? Aye, aye, aye. 
what it's like is like um, when uh, in like movies when a like a mafia boss or like a drug dealer gives like like a wee guy a gift and they're like no no you keep it you keep it oh right that's yeah, a yeah, gift yeah, yeah. for you yeah yeah now we're friends yeah, now we're yeah, gonna yeah. look after each other and then they're yeah, fucked yeah, yeah. that's them they're in <laughs> they're absolutely fucked yeah they shouldn't have taken the, the bottle no, of whiskey no. no no exactly yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean but I do feel quite seen by that because um, um, I was out at the weekend with a lassie yeah. And uh, it was her birthday, and I insisted uh, that I okay. paid. So, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but yeah, but like, let's be clear. This is someone you've been seeing for a bit now. Aye. And was that the first time you did? We that? normally and split their, it. To be fair, and and on their birthday. Aye. I think again, I get so it's context. So Aye. it's a good example because it's like if you're doing it once a year, <laughs> like you're not a bell end. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Um. Yeah, but again, it's that context thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and did and did she refuse, or she was like, "No, fuck it, it's my birthday. You can pay for me." Uh, she accepted. She accepted. Yeah, yeah, it's grand. Yeah. So, following on from, like the scenario of splitting the bill. That's usually in a more familiar and intimate setting because you know someone's agreed to go for a meal we hope they've agreed to go for a meal in the first place um but if you're in like a bar or a nightclub obviously like it's such a common trope for a man to buy a woman a drink Uh and again that's very context dependent i think i remember being at a festival for a bit and bumping into some woman and getting chatting to them and they were a bit posh. I wasn't really feeling it, but I was having like a nice chat and I was like, and and I'm making assumptions here, but I think given how posh they were, it impacted having slightly more traditional views about gender and like behavior between men and women, and all the rest of it. Oh, uh, okay. Bearing in mind we're at a festival, like everything's overpriced anyway. I go over to one of the beer tents and order myself a pint and you know that was going to burn a hole in my pocket and she said oh are you not going to get me one and I just had to be like no I'm not if if you're going to be attracted to me then I'd rather that happens regardless of whether I buy you a drink or not yeah in in my head at the time I was like I'm chatting to you but like I'm not massively into you and also I don't know how comfortable I feel buying you a drink if that's going to make you more drunk and then that affects your judgment, basically. I I know what you mean. That's, yeah, that's a thorny one because so many little, dif- if so many little things were different, then you, you would, you could have done a different thing. Like, as in like, you know, if she was your pal, you would have probably just got her one, or if like, yeah, or maybe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything, but maybe if like you were well, well into her, you might have done that. I would have got one. Yeah, that is true. So yeah, that's true. It's um, I think that, that, that's what I mean. There's like it's it's quite like a finely balanced sort of thing. I think um, 
maybe if you were more steaming, you would have got one because you've been like, yeah, take it. Yeah, I'm feeling generous. Wait. Yeah, true, true. And that's actually when I am more likely to buy somebody a drink, regardless of gender. So then I wouldn't see it as a, a like an attempt at trying to develop some kind of debt mm-hmm. in my favor or some kind of like making someone feel like they owe me something. Mm-hmm. Cause like you say, I'm just feeling generous. Right. Yeah. Whereas I think, I think there is a trope of particularly men going up to women without much context and just offering to get drinks yeah, and I actually don't know. So, so say you like do subscribe to the view that you are just doing that to pull, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even know how beneficial that even is before any question of like power or control or trying to get a woman to rack up some kind of trying to develop some kind of transaction. Um, because. I think in this day and age, a lot of women do just see it as a way to get a free drink. Well, I uh, maybe, maybe. Or am I being a bit naive? I don't know. I do. Uh, I do think it's almost sort of a sort of self perpetuating in a way because it's so common and like such a trope. If a bloke sees a lassie that he fancies across the bar. And he wants to strike up a conversation. What do you, you? Can I buy you a drink? That's like a. That's just like a. That's just like a way in sort of thing. I mean, you are asking for a conversation. That's sort of it. Yeah, it's like a. It's like how do I start this conversation? Oh, I've, that's a fair point. Oh, I've seen. I've seen other people do this. I've seen other people yeah. do it this way. I'm just going to do it that way. Maybe. I, maybe. That's true. Maybe I'd. Maybe she's got lovely earrings, but. Would it be weird if I said that? Maybe. What should I say that's safe? I'll do a drink. I don't well, know. Well, that's really interesting because, yeah, all right, I'm, I think I'm becoming a bit more... If you're in a nightclub and people are getting really fucked up, then I think there are more, like, questionable motives for getting people yeah. more drunk. Definitely. If you're in a bar and everyone's tipsy at best then generally, like, buying someone a drink would be seen as less sinister, or and hopefully would be, because unless in a far more awful situation you're going to spike a drink, then you are just, like, all quite level-headed at that time and are just buying a drink to have a conversation. Well, I hope, hopefully. I mean, that's... That, no, that's exactly, definitely, exactly, yeah. hopefully. So That's definitely, so like, talk- a positive, a more positive way, positive example, yeah. And then if that's the case, then all right, I would say, you know, I don't think that's particularly, I don't know if even I would see that as necessarily chivalrous. Because like you say, it's more a request for someone's attention. Mm -hmm. And then that choice is still there, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if... Because I think, so what, you know, when like people send drinks Aye. to another table from across the bar, Aye. what do you feel about that? Well, <laughs> I, I think we'll get, I think we're getting off of chivalry, but what I do think about that is I'm not a fan. However, 
it did happen to me once um, at like a pal's graduation, and then their mate, their mate's family were like I think Serbian, and they were like send that right. send that family a couple of bottles of a bubbly, and that was sound. That was well good. Um, oh, that's that sound. Yeah. I'm talking like from a very clearly gendered point of view. Right. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, I think that's um, where there's like a. I think that's always weird. I think that's always weird. I don't yeah. like that at all, to be honest. Fair. Yeah. Right. So to wrap up real life situations, what are your takeaways for? Or basic suggestions for how to judge a situation, and and be as clear or comfortable as you can about making sure that you're doing something nice in a way that allows a woman to maintain a freedom or autonomy. Yeah. I mean, usually the first question I ask myself is, do I fancy this woman? And am I only behaving this in this way? Cause you fancy them. Cause I fancy them and I want to be nice and I want them to like me cause I'm being nice. Cause I fancy them. Sure. And that's a reason to do something nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cause yeah. Cause then otherwise you just subscribing to the idea that you should just do the right thing according to the chivalric code for any woman, regardless of their own like individual traits or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you fancy someone you want to be nice. What are you doing about being nice that doesn't seem controlling or like domineering? Well, see, yeah, that's a much trickier one, isn't it? That's that one is is really context dependent because, um, yeah, you sort of you sort of have to have to play it by ear um, and see if like the person that you're with like quite likes those sort of acts or if they're like just not into it you're like all right cool that's fine sure um um it's tricky man i don't know it's really hard it's fine i don't think we have to provide an ideal answer i suppose my last question would be then i suppose you and me aren't like this and wouldn't want to be but if you've got just a generally more conservative cis straight couple not even just a cis straight couple, just two more conservative people. If they both think it's good and the right thing to do, is it? Hmm. Hmm. Like if both people think that they like carrying out or being recipients of benevolent sexism. Yeah. Should it happen? Yeah. Well, I think there's actually quite a lot of, I could definitely go into a more impassioned defense of chivalry and why it should happen. Um, but I think we might have, have rabbited on for a wee bit already. Cool. But um, I don't think it's, it's definitely not bad in all contexts is what I'm saying. And so with that hypothetical couple you were just describing, I think it might be fine. Okay. I think it might be fine for them. I would say I'm not convinced, <laughs> but uh, we're going to leave it here and do a second part on chivalry and look a bit more at stuff we've uh, 
read and listened to and carry on this question for the next episode yeah so thanks for listening we're halfway through this journey of the chivalric code please tune in next time for more knights in shining armor see you later what is masculinity